0: Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or co-worker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity, so let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Good evening and welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I'm glad you're here. Tonight we're going to be talking about the topic is how hijackles succeed at emotional blackmail and how you can make them fail. And you know that they are blackmailing you. You know that that's their intention. You know that they will do anything to win, to get their way. So it's not surprising at all that we can use the term blackmail to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, so think about it. Do you feel blackmailed when you're around a hijackal? Do you feel like there's always some threat coming up that is going to be intended to get you to comply with them? Do you always think they're going to use your feelings against you? Are they going to hold something against you so that they will coerce you into doing something? You know, that's why the whole topic of coercive control is so important. And I've done podcasts on it. And if you don't understand that term or you want to know more about it, go and listen to other podcasts. You know, you can always go to uh, com. And you will see uh, all the episodes there, or go wherever you like to get your podcast. And while you're in the mood, <coughs> excuse me, go on over to um, patreon.com/save and show your support for the show. If you're finding value here, you can do that If you are finding value on a regular basis, you can set up a monthly contribution patreon.com slash save your sanity. So hijackals, very important to them to succeed at emotional blackmail because winning is absolutely number one for them, right? They want to win in every situation. They want to win in every conversation. They want to win attention. They want to win validation. They want to take your attention away from yourself or others and bring it back to them. So emotional blackmail is definitely in their toolkit. And we want to recognize it, really see it for what it is, and that's what I'm going to help you with in this podcast. And then I'm going to give you strategies for making them fail at it. Now that's where you start to become emerging empowered. And if emerging empowered sounds good to you, I invite you to come on over and join my community, the emerging empowered community. It's a monthly membership, lots, lots of conversation, uh interaction with me to ask me anything, group calls a month just for members, discounts on all my products, and so much more. So go over to joinintoday.com and have a look, see if it's right for you. So we are going to talk now about this emotional blackmail thing. And blackmail by itself, we're kind of familiar with that term. Maybe not so much with emotional blackmail, but with the idea of blackmail. So I looked it up. Just to make us all on the same page. And the Oxford dictionary said blackmail is the action of demanding a benefit from someone in return for not revealing compromising or damaging information about them. So we know about that kind of blackmail. And the Merriam Webster dictionary said blackmail is the act of forcing someone to do or pay something by threatening to reveal a secret. So we know about that kind of blackmail. But then we get down to hijackle blackmail, and it's a little bit different. I think that it is more about uh, when you um, someone uses your feelings as a way to control your behavior or to persuade you to see things their way. They use your feelings against you. They use your vulnerabilities against you. They use what they know about you against you to try and control your behaviors or persuade you to see things their way or do what they want, basically to do what they want. And I I add a little piece to that too, because it's when people close to you threaten directly or indirectly punish you if you don't do what they want. Now that's a hijackable behavior, isn't it? When people close to you threaten, directly or indirectly punish you if you don't do what they want you to do. And that is just sad. It is really sad because basically they're saying, if you don't behave the way I want you to do, you're going to suffer. If you don't do what I want you to do, you'll pay the price. You will suffer. I'll make sure that you suffer. So they use your vulnerabilities against you. If you've ever had a quiet moment, have you had this happen? You have a moment when you're really feeling like maybe you were right. This person is wonderful. And they're giving you attention. And you're really enjoying that. And so you feel safer and safer. And so you start speaking a little bit about your things that hurt you, things you're afraid of, things you really want but don't know if you can have. You, know, you start being a little open, maybe a little vulnerable as well, and you're kind of spilling the beans. And you think that that was wonderful. It, it created a bond. It created a way for you two to connect. But if you have a hijackle in that conversation, what they're doing is collecting ammunition to use it against you later, And that's where it'll show up in the emotional blackmail, because all they want from you, the one thing they want from you is compliance. That's what they want. They want you to comply with what they want you to do in the minute. And you know, you've probably already know that if you comply in this minute, they want something different in the next. Have you noticed that? And that is the way it rolls, because they have to win in every minute, so if they want something from you in this minute and you give it to them, well, it's not good enough anymore. they want something else because they can't let you win. they can't let you feel like you satisfies the brief. they just can't let you do it so. There's an, a book, it was written uh, 24 years ago now. I think I read it when it first came out. And I'm going to talk about it quite a bit because I appreciate some of the concepts in it. There, things have changed a little bit since the book was written, but not much. And there's some really good stuff in there. And the book is called Emotional Blackmail, when the people in your life use fear, obligation, and guilt to manipulate you. And it's by Susan Forward, Dr. Susan Forward. And you might enjoy uh, having a look at that book, or maybe you'll find that this podcast gives you enough of the highlights. It's all you need. So in the in the forward, remember, she's talking about the fog, F-O-G, that when people in your life use fog to manipulate you, fog stands for fear, obligation, and guilt. And in the intro to that book, she wrote Blackmailers pump an engulfing fog into their relationships, ensuring that we will feel afraid to cross them, obligated to give them their way, and feel terribly guilty if you don't. I'm going to read that again because I'd just like you to to let that sink in. Is this happening in any relationship? A parent that you had, a partner that you have or had, an adult child, even a late teen who's behaving that way, or somebody that's supposedly a friend or a coworker? Blackmailers pump an engulfing fog of fear, obligation, and guilt into their relationships, ensuring that you will feel afraid to cross them, obligated to give them their way, and terribly guilty if you don't. There are a lot of people who were parented by that, and that's not something we want to pass on to our children, is it? So imagine if you had that hijackal parent, or you had that hijackal partner, or you have that hijackal partner, or that adult child, or that teen, or in some of my clients' case, and I have clients all over the world, some of them are dealing with their children marrying calls. Now what do you do? Now what do you do? So that could happen as well. So there's uh, something that I'd like to read you directly from the book, and I think it will make sense to you um, that this is uh, what happens when you're lost in the fog, <laughs> Um <clears throat> If the important people in your life do any of these things on the list, you are being emotionally blackmailed. And this is again from Susan Forward's book, Emotional Blackmail. And she asks Do the important people in your life threaten to make your life difficult if you don't do what they want? Do they constantly threaten to end the relationship if you don't do what they want? Do they tell you or imply that they will neglect, hurt themselves, or become depressed if you don't do what they want? Do they always want more, no matter how much you give them? Do they regularly assume you will give everything to them? Do they regularly ignore or discount your feelings and wants and concerns? Do they make lavish promises that are contingent on your behavior and then rarely keep them? That's a big one. Do they consistently label you as selfish, bad, greedy, unfeeling, or uncaring when you don't give them what they want? Do they shower you with approval when you give in to them and take it away when you don't? and do they use money as a weapon to get their way? That's a big list, isn't it? And hijackals are very good at doing those things to get their way, to emotionally blackmail you into giving them what they want. So it's pressure, it's constant pressure applied to you for compliance. They want you to do and be and want and produce whatever it is they want, and they want it all immediately, if not yesterday. And they'll make you wrong for not having given to that to them already. That's just the way they roll. Because hijackals have fears, and they have a huge fear of loss or of change of, or of rejection, but most of all of losing power. And so they're operating on their fear and they are afraid you won't do it. And so they have their ways to emotionally blackmail you into doing it. Now, I'm going to talk about it later, but just a thought. If you don't participate, blackmail can't happen because it takes two to have a transaction. I know that sounds so simple, and I know a part of you probably just went, Oh, you have no idea what that entails. Well, yes, I do. Remember, I have been in these relationships. I was raised by them. I therefore married them, <clears throat> had children, co-parented, divorced them. I have been the whole rodeo. So, yes, I do know, and I know how difficult it can be. But I would want to encourage you to be thinking from this moment forward. I could not participate in their emotional blackmail. It's a transaction, and I do not have to give them what they want. Because compliance rewards blackmailers. They'll just keep doing it more. They'll do it more frequently. They will get into the habit of it. They will up the ante. They will do what they can to make you into their source of supply, further source of supply. So how does this blackmail work? Well, the first thing is the hijackal makes a demand. I want this. If you care about me, you will give me this. I need this. I do so much for you. You need to give me this. And then the the partner resists. No, I don't want to do that. No, that doesn't interest me. No, I don't feel comfortable with that and then the pressure starts maybe you're going to get resistance maybe you're going to get anger maybe you're going to get charm piled on maybe they're going to point out all your deficiencies or point out why well, you'll regret not giving me this so the pressure is going to start and it's going to build when you resist and then it turns into, on the hijackers part, it turns into threats. Okay, I want to cause you some pain. I want you to be unhappy. They engage in future faking. You know, I did a whole episode on future faking. If you haven't listened to that one, it's really important to understand that dynamic. Or they will make promises in that future faking. They'll give you something. They'll promise to give you something. They'll reward you. They'll even say, I love you more if you'll only do this for me. Yeah. You know, it's all a manipulation. It's all contributing to their need to be right, their need to have power over you. So we get the pressure. Then if that doesn't work, we get the threats and then more pressure, more threats, <clears throat> and then you give in you comply. And why? Well, probably you're emotionally exhausted. And if not that, you comply because you don't want to lose the hijackle. I know, strange as it seems to some people, you're being abused, and yet you don't want to lose the abuser. And that's understandable, because you invested, you love this person, you engaged with them, you created maybe a family with them, you want them to be different, and you invest your emotional capital into helping them see things and be different. They're not interested, but you help them, so you don't want to lose them. And the hijackal, you, you will, might comply because they won't engage in a deep conversation with you anyway. So you just give up. Like, oh, there's no point. This is not going to go anywhere well. And so you stop resisting. And when you stop resisting, the hijackal gets their way. And now the pattern is set. Ah, the hijackle says, I know now how to get compliance. So it'll be easier the next time and even easier the next time. And the hijackal feels the victory. They're doing victory laps in their head. The pressure's off, so you seem okay. And the relationship seems to stabilize for a hot minute. There's always that relief. Even though you're not happy that you gave in, you're relieved that the pressure is over. And sometimes compliance just seems to be the fastest way to remove the pressure, doesn't it? Just, all right. It's not that big a deal. You might say to yourself, Oh, I don't have the energy for this right now. Oh, this is a battle. I cannot win. I'm not going to engage. Whatever it is that goes on in your mind. And then the hijacker wins, which is what they wanted to do anyway. The problem is that you've just taught them that that strategy that they applied works. The pressure and the threats that you applied, they applied rather work. Do you want to be teaching them that? I don't think so. So now we have to do a reframe. We have to think about what what's healthy in this situation. We already know that the whole hijackle scene is unhealthy, so we don't want to perpetuate any more of that, right? So now we need to think about what do healthy interactions look like. So a healthy partner or parent or whomever you have in mind—that's the hijackle—is open to engaging in dialogue they want to know what you think they want to know what you feel they want to know what you want and they want the opportunity to tell you what they want and what they think and what they feel and and they're they care about that they're trying to make something equitable they're trying to make something that'll work for both of you and so they even inquire why don't you want to A healthy person will ask, well, what holds you back? Or why isn't that interesting to you? Or tell me more about that. Um, And healthy people, they accept responsibility for their part in the conflict. They step up and say, Yeah, there's two of us here, and we're both contributing to the conflict. We're both then going to contribute to the solution. And then we come back to my three must haves of a healthy adult relationship. And for those of you who've been listening to me for quite a while, you could recite them with me equality and equity, reciprocity, and mutuality. And that's what happens when you have a healthy relationship, but not hijackles with this huge need to win. They're not interested in equality and equity or reciprocity or mutuality. It's all what's in it for me. How do I get the most? How do I win? So they want control. That's unhealthy. They don't care what you want. They don't care why you want it. They don't care why you don't want to give it to them. They just don't care because they're in it to win it for themselves. And they continuously state that they're right they're superior. They're the ones who should get what they want. And they just hold on to that and take no responsibility for their part in it. None. Everything is your fault. You know, I've done all kinds of podcasts about everything being your fault. And that's the way it turns out, isn't it? Everything is your fault whether it is or it isn't, it becomes your fault. It could be that it rains on the day that you were going to do an outdoors activity. Your fault. You chose that day. You should have known better. You didn't check the almanac. It'll always be your fault. So if you understand these things, the difference between what healthy relationships are and what hijackal relationships are in these ways I've just discussed, then you may find this whole thing sounding familiar. So the big question comes what can you do? Well, number 1 is you got to do some inner work. And that's what I help you with at the Emerging Empowered um, community. That's a great place for it. You can work with me privately if that's what you want. You can go to beaclient.com and use my new client one hour opportunity for only $97. Or you can come over and join in today at joinintoday.com and join the emerging empowered community. Be part of everything that's going on there. So, why I say that, that inner work is because I'm encouraging you to respond to them differently. And in order to do that, you have to affirm a few things to yourself. You have to do some practice. like You deserve to be with somebody who will engage with you in open, fair, equitable dialogue. You deserve to have someone know and want to know what you feel and think and want and need. And you deserve to have someone who's interested in, in you, deeply interested in you. So you need to be affirming those things because you may have been worn down, torn down, and put down so much that you're emotionally exhausted. So in order to respond differently, you have to change your inner state a bit. And you know, one of the things that I hear people say so frequently is, I just can't stand it anymore. Well, I want you to affirm, I can stand it. I can not even withstand it. I can stand it and I can withstand it. You don't have to fold. So I want to help you know some things about how you can change. I want you to shift. I can't stand it to I can withstand it. And that's what the community is there to help you do. So I hope you'll jump in, join in today.com. And I know you're not happy with yourself when you give in, right? you're just not happy with yourself. It's like, oh, there it goes again. Oh, and you get smaller and smaller with every time you give in. And I want you to get yourself back. I want you to find that place in you that can emerge empowered. So the first step is to respond differently and come to that place within yourself that, no, I am not going to allow you to be emotionally exhausting. I am going to withstand you. I am going to get myself back and do my own inner work so that I can come up to my full fighting strength too. And I can be an equal with you in the relationship. I know that's a lot of work and I make it sound as if it isn't, but it is the thing you need to do. You really do. And as Susan Forward says, what you can do is you can send up an SOS And how she defines SOS is stop, observe, strategize. So I'm going to share a few thoughts on that now. So when you you stop, when all this is coming at you and the hijackal is wanting you to comply, the hijackal is threatening, trying to force you, charm you, rage at you, do whatever they have in their arsenal to try to get you to comply, you can stop. And you can delay a little. Now, I like you to use the personal weather report because that's a very powerful communication strategy with any human that you may be interacting with. And I have a video on that on my YouTube channel for relationship help, F-O-R, Relationship H E L P. That's the same name as my website, for relationshiphelp.com. So <clears throat> you can find it either way. Uh, the personal weather report It's also in my book Kaizen for Couples. There are two chapters on it. And even if you're not ty- trying to save, sustain, or strengthen your relationship, that book is dynamite with all the communication strategies I offer my clients in order to have healthy interactions. Um, so, in the stop business, you might just simply make a personal weather report. That's speaking only about yourself. I don't know the answer. I don't know if that's okay with me. I'm not ready at this time to make a decision. I want some time to really think about it and give it the attention it deserves. I'm I'm just not ready to decide right now. And you can just stop. You can put the brakes on to the conversation. Will they like it? No, they won't like it because they're like, come on, come on, give me what I want. But you can put the brakes on because there are two people in this conversation. And unless they get physical with you, which I hope they won't. And if they do, you'll immediately call the police and press charges. Do not withdraw those charges. But that's a story for another time. But you can withstand this. You can just say, no, I'm not ready to make a decision. I'll have to think about it. That's the way that you stop. And then they always for observe. And I'm always telling clients to observe the behavior, don't engage in it. So you observe and you reflect inside. What am I thinking right now? How is this for me? What am I feeling? What do I want? What, what do I want as the result of this conversation? I may only want to delay it so I don't have to come up with an answer. That's okay, but know what you want. And then how does what I'm being asked here connect to my vision, my values, my beliefs, my uh goals for my life, my goals for my children, my goals for my relationship, and become self-reflectant there as you're observing what's going on and you're reminding yourself that I can withstand this. Now let me focus on me. What do I want? What do I feel? What do I think? What do I need? And then the last is strategize. And that's, again, a great place to use the personal weather report. And if you are um, wanting to learn more about it, as I said, there are two chapters in my book, Kaizen for Couples. You can find it there. And then you can use other things besides the delay sentences I gave you earlier. You can use other things here in the strategize I can see what you're saying. I'll have to think about that. Or you can use just gray rock things like, hmm, interesting point. Or, hmm, screaming at me doesn't help me think. <laughs> or um, you could be right. That's my all-time favorite, <laughs> you know, is is when you say to someone you could be right. They genuinely could be on some planet somewhere in the far, far of beyond. But you could be right. That's what a hijackle wants to hear. So it buys you time and it's accurate. They could be right. However, in this circumstance, you're not thinking that they are, but they could be. Big deal in the strategizing part is don't argue with them. You know, you've heard me say so many times, don't poke a hijackle. I had a client just today who said to me, I lost it, I lost it, I lost it. I told her she was a covert narcissist. And I, um, he said, I know, I know, I know you told me not to. <laughs> and I always tell people not to. Don't poke hijackals. Don't tell them what they are. Don't try to diagnose them. Don't use those terms. It always backfires. It never works. Believe me, it never works. So, don't argue. You can say things like, well, that's your choice. You know, if they say, well, if you don't do this, I'm going to do this. Say, well, that's your choice. Or if you're firm, you say, I've told you my decision for today. I bet there's some of you going, oh, if I said that, they'd go off the rocker. Well, they might. But as long as they're not physically or sexually violent, they go off their rocker. You can withstand that. You've withstood it before. Now it's time to do some changing. And that's what I'm inviting you to do. So you might say, you know, I need to think about that decision, or I've made my decision and my answer is still no. Or, um, Maybe we should talk about this later when when there isn't so much triggering anger. Maybe we'd make a better decision if we talked about it when we were a little calmer. Or you might want to be really overt. Threats and tears don't work for me. I don't feel anything when those things are put in front of me. I just don't. Or you're entitled to your opinion as I am to mine. Or maybe you just come to the place of realizing, we just want different things. So you didn't walk away, you didn't refuse to engage, but I've given you some powerful strategies for moving in a direction that's healthier, that is more empowered for you, and that you can then be pleasant while being strong. You know, I've said before that There's a quote from a long time ago, a book I read, um, and, and I love this quote and I've operated on it ever since. And the quote was, the genius of good communication is to be totally kind and totally honest at the same time. So I wish you the genius of good communication to use some of the strategies that I've suggested. They're all good beginning strategies, and they'll hold you for quite a while. If you have particular things that you need to know about your particular relationship, go on over to beaclient.com and let's you and I talk and see where that takes us. Figure a few things out. But it's important to begin to say, I don't have to be here feeling powerless while somebody continually comes and robs me of my power. No, I'm not going to make a big fuss and take out the big guns. I am going to consistently start doing things a little differently to say, mm, no, this doormat resigned. No, I've straightened up. This pretzel is not going to be bent out of shape again. And that's what I want to help you with. We can't do it all at once, but we can do it in small increments. And then we begin to feel like ourselves again and how we want to feel if we haven't felt like that for a long time. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope you will go on over to forrelationshiphelp.com and uh, see all that's there for you on my website. There's wonderful things there. There's free checklists. There's my store. So many things there for you. And in the meantime, until we talk again, be very good to yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash sanity. Learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.